in this fifth session on Ephesians 5, 25 to 31, we want to tackle uh, this phrase right here, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she might be holy and without blemish. So, Father, as we look again at this amazing standard set for husbands, profoundly rooted in the work of Christ, dying and justifying and sanctifying, O Lord God, teach us what these things mean, both for Christ and the church and for husbands and wives, I pray in Jesus' name. The key thing here with regard to getting behind this, he cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, is to keep in mind that Christ gave himself. Now, that's the cross, right? He gave himself in death by his blood for her that he might sanctify her so that he might present the church in splendor, not having any spot, not having any wrinkle, any such thing at all, but that he might present the church holy and without blemish. In other words, all of that is flowing from the cross. That's absolutely crucial to see, because often, including back in chapter 1, verse 7, we think of the cross and the blood mainly in terms of, or for the sake of, Forgiveness. In him, in Christ, we have redemption. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. And I'm arguing, because Paul is arguing, that he wants, God, Christ wants more than a forgiven wife. He wants a sinless wife. So the cross he gave himself does more than justify. It does more than forgive. It sanctifies. It purifies. It makes holy and takes away blemishes, takes away spots, takes away wrinkles. That's what he gave himself for. So you see it in Titus 2.14. Christ gave himself to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people who are of his own possession, who are zealous for good works. So you see the connection between his, the giving of himself and the actual transformation of his people into those who love to do good works. Here it is again in, in Romans 8, 3, and 4. God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin. Now, that's justification. That's substitution. He condemned sin in the flesh, namely in Christ's flesh. Our sin in Christ's flesh. And then he adds this. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk 
not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In other words, this substitution which produces justification by Him bearing our sins and taking away our condemnation and our guilt also has the purpose of causing us to fulfill the just requirement of the law as we walk according to the Spirit and thus love people, which fulfills the law. Back to uh, our text. So he's stressing that the self-giving of Christ is for the real transformation of the church, not just the forgiveness of the church. And let me ask this one question before we focus on washing with the water. I've always wondered, and the more I look at it, the more I wonder, why he kept going when he said, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Why not stop right there? Because he's, he's already re- referenced holiness right here, that he might sanctify her. That means make her holy. And he's already said she's not going to have any spot or any wrinkle or any such thing. Why go back and refer to no blemishes again? Here's what I think might be the answer. I think he keeps going here because he realizes he wants to put this in language that recalls something from chapter 1. Holy, no blemish. Holy, no blemish. And remember chapter 1, verse 4. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's election before the world was created. Why? That we should be holy and blameless. That's the exact same phrase as here in holy and without blemish. I think he wanted to go on and strike a note that would recall 1-4 and say, hey folks, this is a fulfillment of God's purpose in Christ before the foundation of the world in election. This is no later decision. This was the original purpose of why the world was created, why Christ came into the world, why he gave himself, and why he is sanctifying her. It is fulfilling the infinite, eternal design of God in election. Now, this calls causes a, a lot of people to stumble, including me. <laughs> Not stumble into error or sin, but perplexity. Because I don't know, frankly, what the washing of water refers to. Let me give you three things that people argue for. Some say it refers to uh, a custom of uh, a bridal bath that a bride took to purify herself before her wedding night. And a biblical root for that is in Ezekiel 16, where Israel is pictured as the bride or the foundling that becomes the bride as God passes by and chooses her for himself. When I passed by you, Israel, saw you, behold, you were at the age for love. And I spread the corner of my garment over you, 
and covered your nakedness, I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you. So this is the marriage of God to his people, declares the Lord, and you became mine, and then I bathed you with water and washed off your blood from you and anointed you with oil. So some say that's what's behind this bath. A second suggestion is that it simply refers to the spiritual cleansing of the new covenant that we see right here in the new covenant passage of Ezekiel 36. I will take you, referring to Israel and then to all the church gathered from the nations, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land, and I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, from all your idols. I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So, some say it doesn't refer to any particular bath or baptism. It's just a picture. This cleansing is just a picture with, of water washing off all the sins that Christ died for. And the third option is the most common, namely, this is a reference to baptism. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And Evidence for that would be here in Acts 22.16. And now, why do you wait? The sermon goes, Rise, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. And that calling on his name may be this word here. Could be, if it's baptism, it could, that the word is, could be that the word is spoken over the baptismal a candidate by the pastor or uh, the, the evangelist and the word of, in the name of the Father and of the Son, be baptized into Christ. Or it could be the word of the actual person being baptized, calling upon his name. As it says in 1 Peter 3.21, that uh, baptism saves you not correct any misunderstanding, not by the washing of water uh, over the body, not by cleansing the body with water, but by a call to God for a good conscience. So it could be baptism. But if it's baptism, I think it's very important to remember that the stress here falls on he gave himself for her, the blood, the sacrifice, to do the sanctifying, which is the making splendid, removing spots, taking away wrinkles, any such thing, taking away any blemish, making holy, all of that flowing from the blood of Christ doing the sanctifying work. And we know from chapter 2 of uh, Ephesians, By grace you have been saved through faith. In other words, we come into a cleansed, purified, 
justified, sanctified relationship with God through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works, including the work of baptism, so that no one may boast. So, I would say it is perfectly fitting for Paul to draw attention to baptism by saying, Christ died for us. He died that he might justify us. He died that he might sanctify us. And you recall how you once, by faith, embraced that and consecrated yourself in an act of baptism which signified by water, washing all your sins away. And you embraced that by your own word of confession. It could mean that. So that's why I said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which of those here it refers to. What is clear is that the blood of Jesus is decisive in sanctifying. We experience a cleansing. It may be signified by baptism or some baptismal or some kind of um, bridal bath for the bride, the church. It might be just the symbolic washing by the Holy Spirit to cleanse us. Above all, the goal is husbands, do you realize that your standard of love is the love of Christ in his self-giving, all of it longing, working, moving toward a sanctified, clean, splendid, wrinkle-free, holy, blemish-free, spot-free wife, everything tending toward the infinite, ultimate good of the wife.